Welcome, everybody. This is What the Fuck is Wrong With Us. I'm your host, Art on Boletti. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone laughs as I'm doing the introduction. <laughs> and uh, today I've got author Spencer Guerrero here with me. How are you doing? Hello, everyone. There. I'm doing really good. Good, good, good. I'm a self-published author. Mm-hmm. And I used to be a screenwriter for a number of years, maybe three or four years. Okay. So, yeah. Well, well, we'll we'll definitely get more into that. I uh, I also yeah. started off writing screenplays before oh, nice. before novels, cool. so yeah, I'm sure we'll have a lot about yeah. that. The one thing that I am going to do before we get into it, because I fail miserably at this every episode, is I don't actually really frame what the episode is meant to be about. And I mean, we'll we'll go off on veering tangents, I'm sure. Right. But yeah, this is a this is a show where I would like to explore why we like dark stories, uh, why we're drawn to writing them, and whether us being in love with these dark stories means that there is actually something wrong with us. <laughs> um, yeah, some people believe so, some people don't. But yeah, we'll, uh, I'm going to try. There's nothing to do with you, Spencer. I have to do this because I'm the host. I have to try and keep this in my mind. So uh, yeah, this is more a reminder to myself than anything. But please... Um, so as you said, you write novels, um, you're a screenwriter. Please tell us more about your work. Yeah, sure. Um, so I published, uh, two novels, uh, this year. That's, that's my son is a murderer and my father is a serial killer. They're both psychological thrillers. Um, basically I decided to self-publish because after, uh, trying a number of years to be a, like a screenwriter, trying to sell like a movie script, I found that you really had to cater to the producer's wants and needs and it was just I guess it was just too much to like um to try to kind of um dwindle down to like what they really wanted so you know I decided like I, you know I want to write what I want to write and just put it out there and I'll let the I'll let readers um approve of it and accept it so yeah that's basically why I started self-publishing mm-hmm. and you were saying that you were saying just before we started on the call. So take take me right back yeah. through it. So you mentioned the screenwriting, and you mentioned also writing in other genres. So what order did that happen in? How long have you been writing? Just just tell me it all. Okay, gotcha. Um, so I've been writing since 2017. Um, that's the year I graduated high school. Basically, I didn't go to college or anything. Um, very self-taught. You know, I think um, just by writing, you really learn a lot. And there was also these two YouTube channels. They're called uh, Lessons from the Screenplay and Just Write. And I would literally just watch every single one of those videos, maybe 10 times each. And just, I learned so much from them. And, you know, it was a free resource. And basically, I want, I started writing screenplays because um, Amazon, they actually had this, like, contest where you could submit a script, either a TV pilot or a feature film script, and they would uh, option it. For ten grand. Now, for those who don't know what option means, basically, it's when a production studio kind of rents the rights to like your your script to see if they could raise the budget to make it and to like hire the director and get the actors without putting all like their you know so much financial stake in it. And though this could this could be six months, this could be a year. You know, at the end of the option, they can choose to buy it or option it again, and you know that's how that goes. Now, I actually started started off writing uh, comedy scripts, if you could believe it. 
like you know like like just a lot of funny stuff and mm-hmm. you know, not dark at all and what sort um, of thing like what you know, would you write, compare like, it like, to like t- you know, like super bad, like stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Uh, you know, the movie super, yeah, yeah, super yeah, yeah. bad. You know, um, maybe the tone of the Wolf of Wall Street, that movie, really, uh-huh. really funny. Um, you know, uh-huh. like dark comedy too. You know, and yeah. um, you know, but uh, it was just really tough to try to get something like made. You know, and you know, I compiled the list of like, like I tell you, like four hundred, five hundred production companies. I would send them all emails, like I would send them what it's about if they wanted to read it and you know out of 500 maybe i'll get like 10 no's and like two yeses and then i would never hear from them again so it was just you know it's just you know frustrating after like three years so that's why i decided to self-publish mm-hmm. and um so i started off uh self-publishing um the young adult thrillers like we uh, briefly spoke about mm. i did that because i was comfortable writing those characters because I had written a lot of young adult and teen scripts, like over a dozen. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I didn't really know anything about the business. So I just thought, you know, I'm just going to write what I know. And the first one didn't really do well. Neither did the second or the third or the fourth. But from what I had been re- like researching, you had to like have a long series to actually get traction and sales. Mm-hmm. But what I realized is the books actually have to be like marketable to, to people who actually like want to read it. So, you know, I learned that the hard way and that's when I wrote my son of a murder. And, um, just to continue on, I guess, um, you know, I was in the middle of writing my fifth book in that young adult series. And, you know, it's just like, you know, I don't even think anyone's going to read this. So I literally just, I trashed it, you know, 30,000 words in, you know, you know, I was just tired of just writing stuff that nobody read. Yeah, no, it was super painful. And, you know, I, I had this title in my head, My Son is a Murder. You know, I thought that's a good title. That's a good title. So I went ahead and I got the book cover done. Mind you, no, no, I didn't write a single word yet. Maybe an outline. I posted the cover in, that, in a Facebook group. Mm. And it actually got, like, a lot of likes and comments and people wanted to read it. And I hadn't even written it yet. So I was like, holy moly. So that's when I, just, I started writing the hell out of it, you know, like, every day. Sometimes until 1 a.m., just trying to release it. It was out um, in about two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, yeah, you know, it's, um, it's been really great so far. Um, I really learned what readers want to read, which is, you know, psychological thrillers, uh, like domestic thrillers, which is like a subgenre of that, like more to do mm-hmm. with like husbands and wives in the house, you know, maybe – a lot of dirty secrets and lies and like cheating on each other. Like, you know, all that great, horrible stuff that the, the couples do to each other. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and just my father's a serial killer came after that because I had that title when I was writing My Son is a Murder. And I thought that's a great title. I really want to use it. So I formed a story around that title, which is how I write my books. I usually come up with the title first. Then I write the outline and the story. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that was done pretty well as well. It's a psychological yeah. thriller. Yeah. I see you've got another one in the works as well, right? My uh, my wife's yes. stalker. Is that the next one? Yes, my wife's. Yeah, that's the next one. My wife's stalker. That will be out uh, next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun, you know. Um, that one's a revenge thriller. I haven't, I haven't done a revenge thing yet. So I'm okay. excited about that one. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, excellent. Yeah. So you said you've been writing since about 2017, and you say you, yes. you're fairly you're fairly young, right? You said you graduated high school and you started writing straight off the back of that. Had you had any yeah, interest? I'm... Sorry, I think with the different countries, there's a slight lag, so apologies if we seem like we're talking oh, no over each other. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, before that, were you a big reader? Did you write stories at all as you were a kid? So, yeah, in, in middle school, I actually, I tried writing like a like a dystopic sci-fi novel, like in a notebook, but I gave up after like 10 pages, you know. I was like, what am I doing here? It's like writing it by hand, like I was insane. But, you know, I've always had like, I was always imagining like worlds and stories. And, you know, I read, um, you know, the Percy Jackson books by chance? Yeah, I know of them, yeah. Dude, I blew through those, you know, the first like six books in that series. Then he had a sequel series, another six books. He had one on Egyptian mythology. Okay. He has one on Norse mythology. Like, I just fell in love with reading um, after mm-hmm. reading those books and reading. Um, I don't know if you've no one really. I don't think people have heard of the the book series called The Spellman Files by chance. I don't. It doesn't ring a bell. No, it's um, it's by this author Lisa Lutz. Well, basically, I you know that's more into my like adult years. It's mm. like a very funny like mystery uh, books, and I just I remember thinking that how entertaining it was and like fast paced, and mm. I always took that with me. Like, man, if I ever become a writer, I want to write like her because mm. like it's it's very entertaining. It's not boring. It's not slog. Because I remember reading uh, you know the classics in high school. Like I read Brave New World. You know, we read uh, Giver. Thumb is another big classical book. Uh, Picture of Dorian Gray, and they're just they're they're good for like you know metaphors and allegories, but it's just really boring and you know, really long, really wordy. Mm-hmm. So I make sure I don't want to you know do that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I uh, I watched a film the yeah. other day. That's uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I watched a movie the other day, and it won Oscars at its time. It's from the seventies, and uh, really? it's very very dense like you come out of it you sort of like that was so so interesting but only parts of it like there seemed to be a lot of filler between it so i know exactly what you mean about uh pacing and setting and um yeah how you can have a really really good idea pace it completely differently and put people off because like you say the classics they are classics for a reason there's a lot of great stuff in them but often the storytelling is much slower than we're used to now. So you really have to sort of make yourself be patient with them. Yeah. So we, um, you were talking about the, what, what I'm trying to get to is where did the transition come? Were all of your screenplays comedies and then you went towards sort of thriller as you transitioned into the young adult stuff? So, yes. Yeah, so that actually came about because, um, so yeah, most of my screenplays were comedies. I'd written some dramas as well, darker dramas. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it really came about because, um, Comedy books is there's no there's like no market for that. Um, yeah, it's not really a genre. Works. Yeah, I mean that's not. Yeah, that's not a genre. Um, mm. So I thought, well, I can if I self publish, I'm gonna have to do something else. Mm. So then, um, start off writing a fantasy. Actually, 
and I found that I actually hated doing it. So <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this is no, this is impossible. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna try a thriller. I had written and yeah. had read a couple of young adult like thriller books, um, very popular. Uh, one of them is One of Us Is Lying. That's by There's one called A Good Girl's a Guide to Murder. Uh-huh. That was actually been made into a TV series. Okay. So I read those and I really liked it. And, you know, I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'll just write my own uh, thriller. And I just made a young adult, uh-huh. and that's really where the transition uh, started. Now, the first book isn't super dark, but I always had this idea in my mind that as the books go, I wanted to be darker and darker and darker because I just wanted that progression. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's really where it started. And I guess on the off the tail end of my last book, which was the darkest so far in that series, I thought, you know what, I'll just keep that same tone and I'll write My Son is a Murderer. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the darkness keeps unfolding now, huh? Yeah, the, the darkness keeps going. You know, I really, I just, I think people are really fascinated with those type of stories just because it doesn't really happen, you know, like every day. Mm. And um, I think, I think like the, like as a writer, you don't really have to censor yourself, which I, I really like, you know, like you can go, you know, you can go kind of crazy and just write things how they are. And, you know, it's very, I think they're very realistic uh, most of the time. And I think that's why we find that stuff so fascinating. Mm-hmm. So you think that people get into them because it is so removed from sort of everyday life? I would say so. You know, day to day, you're not really uh, seeing a serial killer, you know, kill 10 people in a park. And, you know, so just, yeah, you hope not. So I think it's it's like a rarity thing. Like, just because it's so rare, that's why people are drawn to those stories. And that's what I would be drawn to those type of stories as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. And you said that in the dark genres, you get the chance to write essentially uncensored because people have bought into the extremity right. of the situation right from the off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was writing those teen scripts, I, I, you know, I found myself censoring myself because I couldn't, you know, because TV has guidelines and you yeah. can't really uh, go crazy. You know, you can't no, curse, no. you can't, you know, you know, not a lot of sex stuff you can put. So, you know, books are. I really like how books are not really regulated, like uh, mm-hmm. like film and TV most of the time. Um, yeah. Because there's no really like, uh, there's no, uh, I forgot what the, the rating agency is called. Uh, you know what, yeah. that green screen when yeah, it comes yeah. to this has been rated. There's, no, there's mm-hmm. really none of that in books. So no. you can kind of write whatever the hell you want. Yeah, you can. It's, it's funny, actually. I, uh, I released a Christmas thriller recently. And one of the first reviews I had on it said that it was too, too extreme, uh, too extreme. Uh, that it was more horror than thriller, which I disagreed with. But anyway, um, right. the book has a little bit of a similarity, you know, you know, the, you know, Misery by Stephen King. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you've seen the film and read the book, but with what you're talking about, the level of censorship that goes on from one to the other, spoilers for Misery ahead. So there's a really famous scene in the movie where this guy, he's basically being kept captive by a a deranged fan who's a nurse. And he's getting, he's sort of, she's retrieved him from a road accident, hasn't she? And his legs are broken and she's nursing him back to health. And then one day he's sort of well enough where he might be able to 
leave soon and she decides she's not having that so she takes a sledgehammer and she breaks his ankles holy moly you're not seeing it you said you know misery am i spoiling misery for you <laughs> no you know what i i, I saw it such a long time ago but I don't <laughs> well sorry but... sorry for sorry for sort of spoiling it for you but no, my point okay. my point is like it's a gruesome scene that Right. Sticks in, I was going to say in everybody's heads, but not quite everybody. Um, right. But in the book, in the book, she actually cuts his legs off. And oh, so they censored it. Yeah, massively. Because uh, when it came to the adaptation um, of it, they were like, we can't have that much blood on screen. We can't possibly right. do that. Yeah, so, that yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to just do away with all the blood to make it more accessible. Because I mean, if you were going to do anything like that, it straight away would rate it at eighteen. Whereas I'm guessing Misery probably got a fifteen certification, even though it's pretty dark. Like as soon as they put gore in it, that's it. It bumps right. it up, and then that means that fewer people can see it, which means that they probably yeah, stand exactly. to make less profit. So yeah, no, it's just uh, it was an interesting example that I came across quite recently. Uh, yeah, of that censorship from yeah the censorship yeah it's a thing for yeah sure. from book to TV so no it it does it does afford you a good deal of freedom especially if you put it in the right genre and people are expecting it right yeah like splatterpunk um I know oh. like insane <laughs> yeah like, there are some people writing some wild wild stuff out there that I wasn't aware of until pretty recently <laughs> yes have you re- have you uh, heard of the groomer I. I have seen a book floating round. Yeah, I've seen that floating round. It, it's a book that sort of does the rounds in the psychological thriller community. A lot of people read Ooh, it, and many yes. don't finish it. Uh, I'm yeah. one of them. Dude, you start, I, start, I didn't finish. Yeah, I tried to do it. It's really, really dark. Like, you know, it just talks about the the really just twisted people out there who, you know, they get kids and they just do, like, yeah horrible things that I'm doing. Uh, yeah, I couldn't how, finish it. How far like, did you get in? Did like, like after the third chapter, I was like, I can't read this. This is not even like fun to me. So, you know? Yeah, I've, I've heard that the first few chapters are the roughest and then it sort of changes gear after yeah, that. But, uh, sort of. that's, that's an interesting way to go with things. Like you would think that maybe someone would like lead people yeah. into the, the more extreme parts of the story, but no, they've just got right off the bat, like this is what right it is. Yeah. No, but it's no. it's when it's still written really well, like really proper. Yeah, yeah. Him. He's a uh, he's a good author, great author. That he's, yeah. he's written really well. It's mm-hmm. important subject matter, but yeah, definitely tough. Yeah, tough to read. So uh, one of my questions usually is: Is there anything that's too dark for you? So we've at least came across one example of that. Is yeah. there anything else where you're like, nah? Like I might write about serial killers and murderers and whatever else, yeah. but I don't need to be reading this watching this is there anything like that um the groomer was a great example um basically mm. anything that uh borders on like torture porn you know mm. um i'm not a big fan of uh horror in general mm. um I'll, I'll i'll watch it or read it if there's a good story but i don't really find entertainment in, the, in like the thrills of being scared mm. but i do like a good story yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that would be my limit, you know, like uh, things that are like kind of like torture porn or borderline, you know, like extreme, you know, torture scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. 
so how do you how do you go about writing the stuff then i mean i know that you, i know that you're not like fully into you're not writing yeah. that genre but obviously there is so, a little bit of that going on within your stuff so is it yeah like does it does it sort of freak you out as you write it you know the the crazy part is that i think it's cuz like since i'm writing it i know it's happening and i know it's yeah. fiction i it doesn't yeah. it doesn't really phase uh, me when I write it, um, but if I were to read it somewhere else, I'd be like, ooh. But, yeah. Like, since I'm writing it, actually, it doesn't really affect me in that way. Crazy yeah. enough. Uh, no, I don't think that's crazy. I think that's like, uh, you know, the, the, the inability to tickle yourself because you know what's coming. You don't have yeah. anywhere near the same reaction to it as somebody else doing it. So, no, I think there are, I think there are many things like that. Like you say, you can't read. It's very difficult to shock yourself. You can't really yeah. jump scare yourself. Exactly. Yeah, it's a good example. It's a great example. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Pretty tough. Be quite funny trying, but <laughs> yeah, it could, yeah, it could take a while. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, you write fairly dark stuff. Um, yeah. You're not into like super dark. You know, you're not into the things that you just said. Is there anything like? Is your taste? purely sort of revolving around dark things or is it wider do you do you like light stuff do you like romance i know you've said that you like comedy already so um, you know i'm the type of person who i i like everything except for i like mm-hmm. comedy I'll, I'll i'll read or watch a good romance um I like action i like uh fantasy uh, you know i'm a huge star wars fan mm-hmm. and you know i sure you know game of thrones yeah yeah yeah, one of my favorite just series to watch and read of all time. You know, I love that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Even cartoons. I, I don't know if you know the cartoon uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender by chance. Yeah, I know. I know of it, but I haven't watched it. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, like that. Like it's a very like kind of children's cartoon, but it has such mature themes and like mm-hmm. the most some of the most stellar writing I've ever seen out of anything. Yeah, I'll probably put it at number one to be to be perfectly honest with you. Oh wow! You know, it ran for three seasons. Yeah, it's re- it's just written really well. Really good character. They tackle really serious themes. Despite the despite it being a children's show, you know, like technically, yeah, um, yeah. A really cool world. Um, but yeah, like stuff like that, like anything that has great writing, like I'll, I'll, I'll you know, it's very yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I've I've heard that, um, Avatar. Yeah, I've heard Avatar: The Last Airbender is exceptionally done. Um, so yeah. it's something that I should turn around to at some point. But I'm I'm exactly the same as you. I'm not really driven by genre. I'm more driven by quality. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is interesting because you see some people who are so genre driven in their choices. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I do yeah. find um, you know, in particular, uh, I find a lot of uh, you know smut and the dark romance genre. Uh, mm-hmm. Millions of readers, which is perfectly fine, of course, but yeah. uh, that exclusively read and that genre. Mm-hmm. There's you know dark romance, smut, you know all the different uh, subgenres in that. So that's very that was very interesting to me when I started reading books. I had no idea smut, like what that was or anything. I looked at it, and I was like, oh wow. It's basically, you know, it's like, you know, very graphic <laughs> sex scene on the page. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, again, it's not something I had a great awareness of, but we, you yeah. only sort of see the the tip of the iceberg in sort of wider mainstream society. Like there was obviously Fifty Shades of Grey a few years ago. That yes, sort of yes, really that pierced that pierced popular yeah. culture, didn't it? But yeah, people it people might not realise like how much material there is like that. Um, like you say, the amount of subgenres within sort of yeah, spicy wow. romances they'll call it. Uh, yeah, it's a gargantuan field of literature. Yeah, it is, dude. There's werewolves yeah. doing it. They got mermaids, <laughs> aliens. I was like, holy shit! I know. I remember coming across some article yeah. a while back about somebody who'd made millions writing, um, like Bigfoot, um, like Bigfoot porn, essentially. Bigfoot. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, like, uh, you know, these these things would come out of the forest and sort of uh, take women from society and into the forest and have the way with them. And oh, oh my god, there's there's dinosaur porn. Yeah. There's, there's crazy, like crazy yeah. to me. Like, if, yeah. if that's what you read and that's what you like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, I cannot wrap my head around that. No, no. You know, I um. When I was a uh, screenwriting, um, mm. I had gotten a few jobs, just like kind of like freelance jobs. Mm-hmm. There was this uh, author that I, I was gonna try to adapt her books into a show. She had like mm. a kind of like an ad running, and I kind of put in, you know, to try to get yeah, the yeah. job. Mm-hmm. And there was this, there was another genre of like, so I have no idea. It's basically, it's called like reverse harem. Romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a girl. Her books were it was a woman, and there was like four guys who were kind of like in love with her. And yeah. you know, they kind of have their misadventures or whatever. This is like, but it's like a really popular genre. Like, the accent, like, yeah. oh, yeah, really popular author has sold millions of uh, digital books. And yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, that, that doesn't really seem to have made its way to TV and film yet because I, I know it's huge. I know it's a huge genre. Yeah. Again, I guess, I guess then you run into the sort of censorship issues, right? Like, you know what? That's 50 Shades exactly of Grey. Why? Yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey was. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I think that's about as extreme as they're gonna go in a mainstream film. But yeah, yeah the reverse horror stuff. Yeah, no. Yeah. What, from my, what I've heard from producers, um, when I speak, when I spoke with them, you know, back then, back then, um, mm. is that like, yeah, they can't ever like really do anything like that, like the reverse harem and like the dark romance, like the super dark romance. Like it's not, it's not really something they would ever put out. I guess because of advertisers or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, or like their the, the brand image, I guess. Like they don't want something like that on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's interesting. It's really interesting how these things live as one form of fiction, but not another. Yeah. One like form I was just... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just mentioned before, I, I used to write the sports fiction. And um, yeah, yeah there, there, are, there are movies and TV galore. You think of your Rockies and your Any Given Sundays and your yeah. The Damned United. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there are loads really of brilliant popular. examples on the screen. Yeah. But in fiction, actually, they don't really... So there aren't many examples of it in fiction. And if you actually go onto Amazon and search for sports fiction, the genre has been completely taken over by spicy romance. 
So, yeah, oh. if you go and look up sports fiction, all of the covers of the books that you'll see are like naked torsos holding like a basketball or a hockey stick, and they all have great names like uh, players. Yeah, they're all like uh, the slap shot. Um, <laughs> they all have these sort of like semi-sexual puns as yeah. titles. You know, there's, there's one that was really popular recently that I've seen a lot. It's like, uh, I want to puck you or something like that. <laughs> like something with like puck, you know, obviously the euphemism. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, 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 it's everywhere. Uh-huh. It proved a bit of a nightmare for me to try and market my books because I'm like, um... Oh. I can't really put my book in sports fiction, whereas where I thought it would fit. So yeah, um, yeah, right. It, it became quite awkward for me to, <laughs> to do anything yeah. with advertising. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting world. The world of the world, the world of books and TV and movies. It's endlessly yeah. fascinating. Mm. So I wanted to touch briefly on the latest book that you've got out, which is my father's serial killer. I wanted to know, it's set around uh, a character who's, uh, she's like a true crime blogger, isn't she? Yes. Do you have any experience with this sort of thing? Because in the UK, um, like in your story, this woman, she sort of goes around and actually does like in-flesh investigations and stuff. She's not just some internet sleuth. She's sort of going around and trying to get to crime scenes. And from what I understand, like that's a bit of a thing in the States. In the UK, it's not really a thing. So yeah, I was just wondering if you had any first-hand experience or if you knew anybody who did this or, or whether it was just a research piece. Um, uh, I think half of it was definitely a research piece, but yeah, it is very uh, popular in the US. There's a uh... Um, people who go around, uh, you know, filming crime scenes and reporting on them. Um, personally, mm. I don't know anyone. Yeah. But, you know, there was this movie called uh, Nightcrawler. It's an um, amazing film. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's very similar to, to that, what he does in that movie, where he goes around, mm. you know, filming crime scenes. Um, yeah, and I thought it was really interesting because, you know, you're really there, like in the thick of it. And, um yeah, I mean, it's just like this kind of morbid fascination, I guess, with like uh, crime and being like there present, like mm -hmm. um, almost being like maybe like a like a really porn, like, I don't know, maybe a celebrity event or something like that. Like you have like the same thrill, I guess, of doing things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a dangerous line of work, uh, especially, yeah, especially is. in the States. Like over here, like I said, it's not really a thing, but we don't have guns here. Like the... The uh, the risk of you getting caught in some sort of crossfire or something is practically non-existent in England. But yeah, yeah. over there, you, you you guys aren't messing about. There's a lot of people carrying weapons. There's uh, yeah, there's guns here, bro, <laughs> for sure. Um, in where I live, we don't have. I don't think we have the open carry uh, law. Mm -hmm. But I know mm -hmm. in Texas, um, that's a state that's very big on uh, guns and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a hot button issue for many years. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the eternal issue. But yeah, for somebody to go out of their way as a sort of amateur reporter to get news yeah. and putting themselves at such risk. And like you said, there, there are people out there doing this stuff. I find yeah, that a fascinating that, character. Yeah. Yeah, I really wanted mm. to write a, a yeah, what, what, mm. yeah, what people do for 
some uh, social media attention. I know, I know that in, in your story, she has other reasons as well. But yeah, for people just yeah. to sort of want views and likes yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I want to touch on that as well. Uh, and put themselves... Uh, the social media mm. aspect to it that they're kind of doing this thing for uh for the intention and that you know that it's like you know people pay for that for that kind of stuff like it, it could pay so i thought that was a very interesting uh thing about society that um you can kind of post mm. this kind of horrible stuff and uh, you know like you can kind of make money off it people yeah. people have this fascination yeah. with it yeah, well, there's the there's the famous saying, "If it bleeds, it leads," isn't there in the yeah, news? It's true. That's why you know all the news and stuff. That's why they they do those stories. Uh, it garners attention. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're we're writing some pretty crazy stuff, so <laughs> we, we probably can't be yeah. too on our high <laughs> yeah. horse about um, yeah yeah how people are making their, yeah, their living. So, get back to the episode in just a second. Most people love a white Christmas, but if you know anybody who likes them slightly blacker, maybe you should pick them up a copy of my new festive thriller, All I Want for Christmas is You You. I'm sure you know people who lose their minds when they hear Christmas hits on the radio. Well, this is about a diva who has one of those massive Christmas hits, and her Noel turns to hell when she is the victim of a kidnap attempt on Christmas Eve. Uh, if you would like to treat yourself to a copy, or if you know anybody who would love one as a stocking filler, you can get it at Amazon, or you can be signposted there from my website, artonbaletsi.com. Right, let's get back to the show. So to, to switch gear a little bit, you might be aware that we play a little game on this podcast, um, for which I need from you three of your favorite bad guys, bad girls, villains from any form of fiction, you know, TV, film, book. Um, yeah, so give me give me three of your best or worst. So three bad guys. So I have a list here. So, okay, so we have Hannibal Lecter, you know, Sons of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Deplorable character. Yeah, yeah. A very interesting um, serial killer. Cannibal. Um, uh, we have uh, Bruce. He comes. Sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt. So, which uh, we have Hannibal come up quite a lot. Um, have you got a particular version of him that you prefer? Like, obviously, we've had the films, we've had the TV, and we've had the books. We even had the the film way back. Oh, sorry, we had the film way back in the day with uh, Brian Cox that like a lot of people haven't seen as well. Right. So, do you have a preferred version? Yes, I would say um, uh, the show that I saw with uh, Mads uh, Mickelson. I think is how you say. It. Hannibal, uh, the younger uh-huh. version. I think yep. that was such a great portrayal. I just like how he's so cold uh-huh. and calculating and like, convincing, but he's just like this complete monster. I, I find that very interesting. I love characters like that. They have like these two sides to them, uh-huh. it's like Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde kind of thing going on. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure my favorite. Yeah, because he's he's a very charming, refined, yeah, like a very charming man of refined yeah, taste, isn't he, is. he? And his big thing is about politeness. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't want to get on the Even wrong the way side he of him. People <laughs> is like very, uh, he does it like you know, he does his ingredients, he has his spices, and he misses really good stuff. It's a very yep. interesting character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Hannibal, that's number uh, one. Who, who else you got? So, definitely Bruce Bolton from A Song of Ice and Fire, just because of how 
completely horrible he is. I think it's it's just such a character that's written so well to to, to provoke this like emotional reaction out of you that you just hate this guy and you want him to die. Like you you just want him to like yeah. perish. Um I think he's written really well and he's definitely a number two. Um number mm-hmm. three would be Amy Dunn uh from Rango. You know, this complete uh, side Yeah. Um she's one of the characters that I first kind of um, experienced as like a reader, like that kind of like that mm. very cold, not, not, not really cold, but I guess a very calculating, intelligent kind of uh, psychopath, very meticul- meticulous, mm-hmm. so hell bent on like revenge. And, um, just a really interesting character. Um, and, you know, Gone Girl was one of the mm-hmm. first uh, through the books I had ever read. So obviously, when the twist came about, I was like, what the? You know, like, just an insane, insane book. Love that book. Mm-hmm. How did you think it measured up to the film? Or the the, the other way around? Obviously, the film came yeah, afterwards. Yeah, I think, I think they're both great. Um, obviously, the film mm-hmm. leaves some stuff out, but I, I really like the movie as well. I think Rosamund Pike was phenomenal as uh, Amy. And uh, Ben Affleck, obviously, as Nick, was really good. Yeah, it was a really good movie. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great great example as well of uh, the novelist adapting to the screenplay. Doesn't happen too often. Yeah, she wrote the screenplay. Yeah, that doesn't really happen. Yeah, they usually get other writers to come on, but she got to adapt it, which is really cool. Yeah, I think that helps. Yeah, of course. Preserve yeah. the the quality. Yeah, I know. I think that definitely helps. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't happen all that often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got Hannibal. We've got is it Ramsey Bolton? Was that his name? Oh, yeah, Ramsey. I said Roos. That's his dad. His dad is also a complete, like, super manipulator. Uh, great character as well. But, yeah, it was Ramsey. Uh-huh. Okay. So, Hannibal, Ramsey Bolton, and Amy Dunn. Yeah? Yeah. So, the game that we play, I, you, I think you've got a US equivalent, but in the UK, we have a game called Snog Marry a Void. Right. Um, so, so, I've changed that for our dark purposes here into stalk, bury, destroy. So the idea is, um, of these characters, one of them you find so fascinating that you would love to stalk them. Um, You know, see how they go about their business, uh, just out of morbid curiosity, really. Uh, Then you've got one of the characters that you're going to choose to bury, because they are evil, they deserve to die, (laughs) the world would be a better place without them, but... Maybe they have some redeeming qualities where you're going to give them a funeral service (laughs) and, you know, friends and family would get to say goodbye. Whereas one of the characters, they're in for being destroyed. And I mean, completely annihilated, vaporized, gone without a trace. So maybe you save that for for the sickest, most depraved individual. So given that, who would you stalk out of your three? I would stalk uh, Amy for sure. Um, just the way she goes about her life. Okay. Um, it would be very interesting to, to stalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't want her finding out that you were stalking yeah. her. She's a, yeah. <laughs> she's a clever, clever lady. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she would. I think you would be destroyed if yeah, she, she, she found you doing she that. Me destroy me. Mm. So, okay. Amy, so what about a burial? Who would you grant a burial to? I will give one to 
accountable since he took the down. Yes. So I think he deserves it. Destroy that. So, so that. I mean, you know, he deserves to just get completely obliterated. Like a thousand miles bombs. Yeah. Being alive by werewolves and whatever the other <laughs> Yeah, that's almost how he went, right? Almost. Yeah, yeah. Dog, dude. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not too many redeeming qualities, our man Ramsey. If you ever watch Game of Thrones, obviously forget the the minor spoilers that we've dropped into the conversation. But we can we can guarantee that you will despise this character. Yes. Yeah, uh, basically a portrayal of pure evil. Yeah, I think that's what he was going for, for sure. The author. Um, yeah, George R. R. Martin, just pure evil, just like Joffrey. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, evil. Evil. yeah, yeah. They're, they're sadists, aren't they? They really yeah, love to see people sadistic. suffer. Yeah. Mm. Okay, no, I like that three. Um, well, I don't know if likes the correct yeah. word, but uh, so we'll go through a few other similar sorts of questions. So. In all of the dark fiction that you've read and watched, what would you say are some of? I mean, you might have one that stands out. It might just be ones that pop, one that pops into your mind at the moment. Do you have a sort of um, favorite or least favorite method of torturization or torturization? I don't <laughs> terrorization, torture. I'm not even speaking well today. Yeah, or. Uh, or death, or, or anything like that. Obviously, you've been writing about murderers and serial killers. Is there anything that you, yeah, that particularly stayed with you for some reason? Do, uh, my my least favorite, favorite or least favorite, like something maybe that made you wince and you couldn't go with it, or something that you thought was really clever or hilarious or whatever. Just anything sort of noteworthy. Well, I guess I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to die um, getting eaten by like a, a xenomorph from uh, Alien. I think that would be absolutely horrible and terrifying at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the uh, not only would you be dealing with the horror of an alien sort of right there in your face, yeah. but then there would be like acid and all sorts of stuff going yeah. on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Um, man, like getting, like being like on a, one of those like conveyor belts that I've seen and that people have like spikes at the end, like a re- revolving spike <laughs> and you're just going through it and you, you, yeah. you're, you're, you know, you're going to get killed. You can't get out of it. You're, like the anticipation of it, the dread, and then you just get obliterated. Like, oh my God, that would be yeah. horrific. Yeah. I love the setup of that. It's very sort of, um, I don't know, it feels like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. You know, like something that would have happened totally. to a Wiley Coyote or someone like yeah. that. Like he knows it's coming. Or it used to, like stuff like that used to happen in the old Bond movies and stuff, didn't it? Where they would have, Bond would be tied down and there'll be like a laser yeah. coming yeah, towards him really, really slowly yeah. that was going to cut him in half. Yeah. So yeah, it's the anticipation of the stuff like that that gets you. Yeah. yeah. The anticipation for sure. Uh-huh. And um, obviously, you're writing about bad people doing bad things. Right. If you if you were suited towards being any sort of evil antagonist, 
what do you think you would be? I would. This is not an admission of guilt for any <laughs> law enforcement agencies that are watching. This is purely hypothetical. Purely hypothetical. Um, <laughs> I would. I would want to be a really conniving, manipulative, uh, like politician type character. I think that'd be really <laughs> fun. You know, maybe I send some people to kill some people or put them away. I think that'd be really, really interesting. Yeah. So, like a proper, um, you got Frank Underwood in House of Cards, like that sort of. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Spacey nailed that one. Devious bastard. Yeah, truly. Did you ever, have you ever have you ever read or seen the movie The Dead Zone by Stephen King? No, I haven't. So that's, it's written years ago. It's written like 30 odd years ago. Okay. But it's about it's about a politician who sort of, so it's about this guy he ends up given this sort of supernatural ability to see fragments of the future and know if people are bad. Oh, okay. And I can't remember exactly how it all comes together, but he comes across this um, like low level politician that he sees is really going to ascend to a position of power in the future. Um, it's an, it's an amazing book. It's such a good book. The film, the film's got an amazing cast, but it's really poorly produced. It seems to be in like really low budget in maybe the early eighties. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, the 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 movie doesn't do the book justice at all. But yeah, if you if you fancy reading about uh, an evil, corrupt politician, I would heavily recommend yeah, it. I'll take a look at that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Stephen King, but it's not like horror. Like I say, it's more yeah. sort of supernatural thriller. That's cool. Mm. Oh, very good. Um, I was going to ask you. Uh, I was going to ask you just a, a sort of throwaway question. So obviously, your books that you're going through at the moment, you, you can choose not to answer this question. Okay. Your books that you're going through at the moment, you've obviously got my uh, my son's a murderer. You've got my father's a serial killer. You've got. Um, my wife's stalker coming out in your family <laughs> who who would be the person that you could easily write one of those books about and what would they be but like i say you don't really have to answer that um it's up to you you know my family is really good people i don't know uh <laughs> it's like they would kill me if i said anything but um yeah yeah no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I thought it was just worth asking to to get the reaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I could go through <laughs> I could go through my entire family and sort of map out a whole universe oh. of your books. That's no, I'm joking. I'm joking. But uh, it, it's a fun yeah. idea. Uh, we have some uh, audience questions that I'm going to delve oh, into cool. with you. Um, one of my listeners, Dawn, she's asked, which of your books would you most like to turn into a movie? Oh, interesting. Um, I would choose My Father is a Serial Killer. Just because mm-hmm. I think My Son is a Murderer would work better as a TV series. Because I think it has, like, it has like more mm-hmm. characters and stuff. But I think My Father is a Serial mm-hmm. Killer would work, would work well as like a, like a two-hour like, you know, like thriller, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's mainly about one. 
Yeah. Well, obviously you would do the adaptation yourself, but if you, if you had a choice, like if you weren't allowed to do the adaptation, is there a screenwriter where you'd be like, I would love them to write? Yes. I mean, well, I would like it to be directed by uh, David Fincher. I think um, that would be really good. I mean, he's just great with those type of uh, movies. Um, a screenwriter? Yeah. Hmm. That's a really good question. Yeah, they, they get forgotten about, don't they? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm really sort of, I really keep an eye on who's writing my films yeah. now because the directors get a lot of love, yeah. but the screenwriters, sure. not so much. Only if they're a writer-director. Um, but they're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only yeah. time that people know anything about them. I know mm. who. Um, so it would be Stephen uh, Zalian. He, I think he wrote, uh, he did the adaptation for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um Okay. Did some other, uh, I think, a couple of thrillers, um, or um, man, the name escapes me. The creator of True Detective, uh, the show on HBO. Oh, um, Nick Pizzolato. Nick Pizzolato. Yeah, yeah. Nick Pizzolato. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, yeah, he's a great writer. Um, he really likes mm-hmm. his dark, very cerebral uh, thrillers. Uh, yeah, he would be great. I would choose him for. Or Gillian Flynn, even you know, because she's technically a screenwriter. She's a screenwriter yeah. too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, multi-talented. Yeah. Is she is she written is she written any of the other movies that her books have been adapted um, into? Do you know? I know Dark Places came out before Gone Girl. I don't think she wrote mm. that. If I might be, I could be mistaken, right. but I know she. I'm pretty sure she wrote or co-wrote um, Sharp Objects. Uh, one of her book, her other books, yeah. uh, adapting to a miniseries on HBO, and she co-wrote that. And you know, it's, it's great. And I saw it, and it's, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, she definitely does her own work justice. You know, of course. Yeah, yeah, super talented. Yeah. Okay, so I also have been asked. Um, so I have a regular questioner called Jim. He's asked uh, regarding your first book, um, "My Son's a Murderer." Let me see, I haven't even written this down right. Oh, yeah. Like, what sort of research did you do around that sort of scenario where uh, somebody, somebody's child has been, you know, accused of something, uh, maybe charged of something, and uh, then the parent has to try and retrieve the situation? Like, did you, ha- did you have sort of a, a bank of knowledge about this stuff already? Or again, did you have the idea and just go and research it? Um, with this, I definitely had the idea. I had seen a lot of, you know, true crime documentaries and um, articles. So, you know, I've definitely seen. Um, so one article that actually kind of inspired this idea, um, it's it's not exactly this scenario, but it's it's I guess kind of similar with like having to do with the kids, younger like uh, teens, whatever. Was um kind of like the the Slenderman murders, where these two girls uh, were apparently inspired by Slenderman to like go and like stab. Right. I think they killed this uh, other girl in their school, in, like in the forest. And I thought it was so like morbid wow. and like wow, I can't believe they would be capable of something like this. And I guess from there, I just kind of read a couple of other things about teens. You know, there was a, there was a story actually this year about these, I think there was these two brothers, like they murdered their parents um, in the house. And I was like, wow, 
So I, I guess I, did, I kind of went down that rabbit hole and I just kind of created my own scenario. But, yeah, yeah. Because I really wanted to be also about um, how potent and like how powerful a mother's love for her child is. You know, how far is she willing mm-hmm. to go to just prove his innocence, even if he isn't, you know, innocent. Kind of like the morality of like that mother just goes out the window almost. Because like her, she has for yeah. her child just, it's just like trumps everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they're, they're really interesting scenarios to play with. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be a good story. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, beyond, do, do you have anything sort of on your plate beyond the uh, Stalker book? Um, well, I, de- I wanted to release three books uh, next year, hopefully. Uh, I think I'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But- I've been kind of toying with a couple of things, nothing concrete since I haven't finished my life stalker, but maybe something to do with uh, maybe like a wealthy family, and like uh, maybe like a maid thing going on where like the maid joins the family and then she realizes all these like very dark secrets and maybe they're doing really naughty stuff. And you know, just like a thriller mm-hmm. story around that, very kind of have this basic idea in my head about that. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be interesting. Oh, very good. So uh, coming back to sort of wrap up the theme that I said that we <laughs> should talk about that I've sort of reminded myself that we should talk okay. about what's your what's your view on um whether people who are fascinated by this stuff have anything wrong with them or whether it's completely healthy or like what what are your views on that Well I think there might be this very depraved disturbed 1% of the population who enjoys the torturing and reading stuff like that. But I think everyone else is just mm-hmm. uh, interested in reading uh, darker works because, you know, it, I guess it feels real. Um, they like the thrills. Um, I guess it's like um, you're almost like uh, being led on and like on a dirty secret, like a dirty piece of gossip. I like to compare it to. Like, mm. oh, like, you know, like nobody else knows <laughs> this that I do. And then, and like, that's kind of like the experience that I get when I'm reading these books. You know, when they're doing all these dirty things and like, you know, very dark stuff and killings. And I guess it's kind of like that. You're being led on like on a, like this dark little secret uh, with these books. Mm-hmm. So you, you think that for 99% of the population, like that's good. It's just sort of scratching an itch that we all psychologically yeah, have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if I was to ask you in one sentence, <laughs> I, Again, I'm I'm sort of steering away from doing this more and more. But the idea was when I initially started this podcast, I thought we'd have really fun chat, and then I would say to people at the end of it, so like in one sentence, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> like, why do you, you know why do you write this stuff? What makes you write yeah. this stuff? Um, yeah. Do you? I don't know if I'm asking that question, but if I was, like, what would you say? Well, I would say um everything. You know, I have many issues. And uh, <laughs> that's why I write stuff. Yeah, I feel like we're, we're we're clutching at straws. It's it's funny. Most people are just like, no, we're all healthy. There's nothing really wrong with us. Obviously, we have our little foibles, but yeah, yeah. nothing really wrong yeah. with us. I guess people, okay. you know, that are actually no, cool. disturbed are the ones doing it. Um, like black girls, yeah. and the, yeah, murderers and stuff. 
yeah, yeah. As you say, there are a lot of people watching these movies and reading these books and watching these TV shows, and nothing, uh, nothing untoward happens. Um, so yeah, nothing actually wrong with us. But yeah, there's definitely an itch being scratched. Yeah, sure. Oh, amazing. So where can people find your stuff, Spencer? So um, all my books are on Amazon. Uh, they're also available on Kindle Unlimited if you subscribe to that. And, uh, on paperback and in mm-hmm. digital. Mm-hmm. And do you have website, social media that you want to shout out? Sure, yeah. Facebook, you can find me Spencer Guerrero, author. TikTok and my Instagram are both Spencer G. Author. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I got. That's, <laughs> that's plenty yeah, enough. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that uh, I hope that the writing of the next book goes nicely and smoothly. Uh, I hope that the books that are out continue to do really well for you. Thank you. And thanks for coming on and chatting yeah, with me. Thanks yeah. for having me. And oh, not at all, not at all. And thank you to everyone at home. Uh, this has been another episode of What the Fuck is Wrong with Us. It's the last one for the year. So oh, nice. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, yeah, see you in the new year. Okay, cheers, everyone. <laughs>